Welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and the artist formerly known as Canadian Biggie because I'm not down with wildfires. All right, so you're protesting the wildfires with yes. a name change? Are you? Do you have a symbol like Prince did do? Is that what's happening? Or he's throwing up the axe? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, suck it. If you lay down with that. Biggie's got two words for you. Oh, oh, that's a great way to start. I am Canadian Biggie. I'm just not down with the wildfires. Uh, I appreciate that. We uh, had a little concern uh, this past weekend if we were going to encounter any wildfire uh, shenanigans. because we Arson. Were, <laughs> probably. Uh, we went uh, went to the Cleveland game. We went uh, fishing for walleye. Mr. Brown. Uh, are, you, are you recovered from the weekend? Yeah, I felt like we was uh, actually responsible adults this time. So Speak for yourself. Exactly. But, uh, I, no, did, I did good. Was, we, we had early nights. Yeah. I was uh, I was surprised by that. But what was your take of uh, Cleveland and walking around the town and then the baseball game? I, I like Cleveland, the town, more than I like the stadium. Uh, I'm just not a fan of Progressive, but I like the food. You ever been, Biggie? Years ago when I was Jacobs. Okay. Uh, the That's the f- same field, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. The food was great. I love what we sat down and ate. Now, I don't remember what the name of it was, but we had everything. Butcher and Brewer, something like that. Yeah, there you, go, there you go. There you go. One no. order or the other. We had this conversation earlier in the week where you're saying you really loved uh, Comerica. Because mm-hmm. the Tigers have been the Tigers for how many years? The Indians are no longer the Indians. So, like, what do you go through the stadium where you see let, the nostalgia? Let, Did they strip that away, too? Let me give you a little uh, history lesson there. I'm glad you brought up Detroit. Because I didn't realize this till yesterday that the original Tiger Stadium opened up the same year that Fenway did in 1912. Damn! And they shut down in 1999 was their last year. Comerica up, opened up in 2000. So for me, a stadium with only 23 years existence, but they still have that rich history. They've done a great job of just modernizing it. And it, the, the architecture is amazing. The, the concrete tigers hanging over the stadium, the Ferris wheel, the carousel, the tigers. Those great t- for the kids. Those uh, concrete tigers are massive. They are. Like people don't understand. Right. They are gigantic. Then you got that right when you walk in, you have the Miggy chair. You can sit down where the Triple Crown. That's a great tourist attraction right there. A great place to eat ice cream. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean. But, so his question about Cleveland. So I don't know what it was like before. But now, yes, it feels like they've stripped any history away. Yeah. Like, I, you, you, the, I think so their nostalgia is here's a G yeah, with, with I, Hermes wings or whatever. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I brought that up this weekend was that the Indians have a lot of history. Their, their franchise has a lot of history, even though they haven't won a World Series since 48. But I mean, they have a lot of baseball culture there. But like I said, they're starting over a new identity. So like, what's a guardian? You know, they've they got the playoffs last year, and that mascot, the logo's generic as hell. Everything feels it, like it, it's, it's it just, feels like a creative team on like a video game. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It they, reminds me of like travel a travel ball team. Yeah, they remind years. me of uh, <laughs> like when Saints couldn't play at home because of Katrina. Yeah. So they were playing in Houston. So it was the Saints, but they had no fan base. So now it's the Indians. They're still playing in Cleveland, but they got a different name. There's no. You're not connected to anything. You're not connected to Albert Bell that, and that El President Day. That being said, as vanilla as we felt the experience was, how was the crowd? The crowd was good. I, it was. It was. The crowd was selling. good. Um, the game itself was amazing. I mean, I, when I when I talk about Cleveland, 
I'm solely only shitting on the stadium. The game was amazing. Yeah. The food was amazing. I, I, the city was cool. I liked the setup. Um, other than Warner trying to get his shoes robbed or whatever, but <laughs> uh, it, it was good. Now, the, That's uh, big if he knows what it means. So if you're ever in a, a, a foreign city, strange city you're not used to, you know, a lot of times the locals can pick you out. So if somebody comes up to you and they go, hey, sir, I bet I can tell you where you got them shoes at. Yeah, that's they're they're robbing you. Ah, I or see. like wanting money, but yeah, like, they might be trying yeah, to get. Tell him Warner's yeah. response. I can't remember what he said. So I just knew he Warner said, had he's, no clue because he's straight redneck, and that guy says that. I bet you five five dollars. I can tell you where you got them shoes. And Warner's like, I ain't from around here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, just, like the worst response you can give. Like he already thinks I'm not. For, I'm gonna let him know for sure. I don't know what the. Like he's talking about. But uh, I quickly grabbed him. And I was like, he, he's got him on uh, Euclid Street or wherever we were at. Yeah, that's what we said. And uh, he started, he's like, ah, you got it. Warner was, Warner was dead serious. He's like, I don't remember where I got him online. 40, 50 bucks. Look, look him up. <laughs> he took it very literal. Yes. Yeah. We're here for tourism advice, too. Yeah, Never need exactly. it. We're trying to keep it from getting mugged out there. But uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. Uh, but there is a common theme that I have noticed because just tell the audience listening, uh, you're also going somewhere. Is it next weekend? Yes. And ballpark tour? Yep. And we're going to Colorado. Is that yeah, we're Coors Field versus the Angels. And you had a little, um, I wouldn't say anxiety, but a curiosity peaked about it happened to be Pride Night when you were going to Coors, right? Right. Well, it just happened to be Pride Night when we are in Cleveland. Did it change the experience of the game for you at all? No, I mean, I, I could care less, first of all, but... Biggie, we had a marriage proposal right in front of us. Marriage proposal, uh, but here's the thing. I showed Biggie the sign earlier. The dude oh, outside about that. with the loudspeaker. Yeah. So we're walking up, first appearance of the stadium, we're walking up. There's a dude preaching, you know, with the microphone. Immediately thought because of Pride Night. No, I don't, and I, I didn't, we didn't know mm-hmm. at that point. So we don't know anything about Pride Night. There's a dude preaching. And then I'm like, okay, I thought he was just preaching, preaching, you know? So then we're getting up there, and I see this woman walk up to him, flip him off, and say, F you, creep. And I'm like, man, they must really hate religion. Well, then we get up a little closer. And we get stuck in line. We get stuck in line, and he has a sign that's basically saying, no masturbating, no sports, no... No fun? No basically. false gods, no... every Basically, you can't breathe, right? And this big, long sign of like 35 items. And then, so he's, then he's preaching and this is how he's preaching for real. And this isn't me exaggerating. He was like, you homos better listen to me. If you like anal sex and you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. Then he followed that up with a, if you like the baseball players more than Jesus, you're going to burn. And then he started, he was educated. He started dropping names. Yeah, he was like, Jose Ramirez is not your savior. Only <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Did you what? holler at him? No. You tell him, hey, buddy, that butt stuff been going on for a few thousand years. The tucking the dick in the ass is new. Focus on that one. <laughs> mm. Mm. Wow. I don't I think, think that was on his list. No, no self-mutilation. We'll keep that part out. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> you can leave it. So, I'm good with it. So he was doing this to everybody. And then, like, so then we figure out it's Pride Night. 
And people, once we go through the line, there's people wearing the rainbow colored jerseys. And I'm sitting there thinking, how did this guy not get mugged? Well, because most of those people, I don't believe were gay. It was just, you know, white women in ponytails and hats. And they, I'm telling you, I saw more more of those with the flags than anybody else. So it was like Cheyenne, Kellyanne. All it would have yes. taken was two females of with those. They probably could would have took this guy down. He was like a skinny Middle Eastern man preacher. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a very big man. Connie, yeah. Amanda yeah. Lynn, Tammy Lynn. Those were the people that walked. <laughs> He's by. still on the name. Yes. <laughs> okay. They were. <laughs> I'm glad you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I get it. Oh, dear, but I get it. It took him a minute to process oh it. But uh, anyway, uh, packed house. Good experience for the fans. Great game. Thir- 14 innings? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everything was closed when we got out, so it was hard to find a snack, and me and Warner had to find the casino. <laughs> I, we had me and Lana had Ubered uh, the pizza guy company or something. Yeah, so we ended up walking good. around at midnight or one a.m. and got the You're same. You're telling food. me at midnight in Cleveland you can't get a good bite to eat. Everything closed at eleven. Like Dude, we went into a bunch was, of places. It was literally like pizza. Went that into a bunch of places and it was bars and they were open and we'd go in there and it's like oh the kitchen shut down. And then the other thing is too. There's a question for you if you're if you're hungry, the restaurant's going to close in fifteen minutes. Do you say to yourself they're open, so I'm going? Or no. Do you, what do you What do you say if the if the kitchen closes at eleven? I get there at like ten twenty. I'm ordering. Kitchen closes at eleven. I get there at ten forty five. I'm not ordering because I know that's coming out. Oh, cop burger, spit on the burger. <laughs> it's like not, it's not gonna be good. Because no. when we made it to Port Clinton, we kind of had that. We were trying to find a place to eat because it was late by the time we got. We didn't want to go to normal spot, Rosie. So then we're like, yeah, I don't want a chance. So we went to. Uh, what was it? We went the Brick House. Yes. Yeah. We should have got the. I wish. I wish I would have got crab, crab rangoon crab pizza. pizza. Yeah. It was literally just crab rangoons on a pizza. Yeah. I thought it'd just be like the the filling yeah. under cheese or something. No, Gotta have the wontons. We're literally putting the wontons on the pizza. Oh. But you did get your uh, ho ho cake. Oh yeah. A la carte cafe so, in Port Clinton. You've got to go there. I haven't been out that way in a really long time. If I'm going to Kansas City, I think barbecue. If I'm going to different places, you think, like, if I go to Baltimore, I'm thinking seafood, that sort of thing. Crab. You go to Cleveland. Is it fish? Because you're next to the lake? Or is it like, like what's the... It's kind of like Pittsburgh. A lot I mean, of Polish, you know. Okay. Like we saw pierogies on menus. I mean, there's going there's going to be fish on the menu because Erie is right there, yeah. but it's not a fishing town. But so it's on the menu, but it's not like fish dominant. Yeah, okay. they they it's not their personality. Right, right. It's definitely more of the brats and and Polish food and you know goulash type stuff. I guess I don't know. I mean, for them though, it's almost stupid not to have like a perch on the menu because it's so abundant there. You have to put that on the menu. Let's see uh, what Google says. I'm uh, actually, I did something to help our show be even better. You'll know what it is. No lie. I have Chat GPT on my phone now. Oh, nice. So I can just ask it, what type of food is Cleveland known for? So let's see what it gives us. Uh, Polish boy. Not to be confused with a po' boy, it's an iconic Cleveland sandwich typically consisting of kielbasa served on a bun and topped with barbecue sauce, coleslaw, and french fries. Yeah. Why do they put fries on their sandwiches? I don't like it. So it's, it is it's Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Where are we at Permanti Brothers? Number two is pierogies. Yeah. Cleveland has a strong Eastern European influence and pierogies are a beloved staple. 
uh, corned beef sandwiches, yeah. Cleveland style pizza, whatever that is, and stadium mustard. So that was big. That was in every freaking yeah, gift and, shop we went in. Yeah. And sixth, I think, is what? Cleveland Steamers. Yes, correct. We recommend rinsing Outside of the turkey that the dogs <laughs> ate, what else did they eat in the Christmas story? That's Cleveland. That's. They didn't that eat anything else. We should have went to the Christmas oh, story. Chinese. House. We could have done that. I forgot Take it was there. a picture next to the leg. <laughs> I bet that's a tourist trap like hell. Yeah. But. That's a hell of a business to be doing that year-round. Hey, I watch it once every Christmas, but I can't do 24 hours. I watch it probably like six hours. I ain't going to lie. That's that's my jam. I don't don't want to talk about Christmas movies. I got a bunch of stuff on the list. But just until we get in the weeds, can we just start with the finals? Okay. Roll with it. So, What do you think? Who won? We said five. (laughs) Right? I said five. I don't yeah. know what you I all said. I said five. five. It's just that I was we differed on when game one uh, or how game one was going to go. So let's say this right now because people are already crapping on this title for Denver and how crappy the teams were. Blah blah blah. Who's the one team in all these teams that they swept? <laughs> the <laughs> Lakers. Like you said they're all crappy teams, uh, but they dominated. Dude, they kicked ass. Why can't you disrespect the fact that they beat everybody and they were better than them? Why do the other teams have to be so bad? Oh, Miami was a seven seed or eight seed, whatever they ended up being. They were in the conference finals last year. They've been in the conference finals three of the last five years. They are a good squad. I'm telling you right now, if they ran it back next year, it would not surprise me one bit. Well, they're the betting favorite. Yeah. I mean, that's no surprise. I mean, they, they – And that's that's with me saying right now that I don't know who's going to form what super team. But that's what it's going to and, take. No, but I'm saying even with that being said, with the uncertainty, I'm still taking the Nuggets versus the field. Right now, you, yeah. I mean – Yeah, that's it's just who they're going to lose. Can they keep Christian Brown, KCP? Because their pieces fit together. They can afford to lose KCP. Come on, man. Yeah, He plays well for them. They'll get another dude from Kansas. If you want a title, yeah. you're spending money. That's just how it goes. Um, you know the thing I like the most about their post game is that I don't know what it was about uh, Jamal Murray and going to the pool, but they are drinking a shit ton of champagne and and uh, Joke it picks him up, puts him on his shoulder, and says, "We go and swim," and and they go and jump in the pool at the training facility. Well, I he seen that. I seen that. I, I thought that was cool. And, was the, and they're jumping in with their clothes and their shoes still on because that's a stark contrast to how he reacted in the press conference. Did you see that? Yeah, it was like basically he just wanted to go home and see his animals. <laughs> he just wants to go home. I He's saw like, him. Ask him about the parade. He's he, like, he was so deflated. He had to stay for that. Yes. Well, I guess I'm going home Friday. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, the city loves you. Relax. You know, he would, he, he would look very like, like he was just like, destroyed. Like, somebody's two more yeah. days oh. here. Oh, my God. I just want to go back to Serbia. That, that. After championship interview and his comments he's made since then, you know who he reminds me of the most? Tim Duncan. The most into basketball guy who could care less about everything else. Like, I'll kill you on the court, all this other stuff. Man, this sucks. Yeah, I I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. I see the Like, mentality-wise. I mean, I I, I agree, but I also feel like Tim Duncan probably loved the game, you know? So, and that's my question. Like, does Jokic like the I, game? I, to me, and I, it may have been taken out of context. It I mean, might be a cultural thing, too. It, yeah, it just seemed like 
he treats it as his job. And that's not to say that he's not going to go out and destroy you because it's his job. People, people, take, clear, people take pride in their job, he, believe it or not. He's clearly doing and Even that. if he don't have a passion for it, I mean, he's still out here destroying you. And that's what I thought. I mean, like, but I don't know. Maybe it was just misconstrued. But that's how I kind of felt when I saw it, too. I was like, man, does this dude just do it because he, he's good at it? And he gets paid to do it. Like, he, would he rather be playing soccer? And he's just not good at that? I mean, listen so, to him and his brother. I think they want to be like hired, hired guns. <laughs> the hitmen. Yeah. Well, they already are. His brothers are. That's why they're just waiting for the th- slash. I, I believe it. He ended both, both Morris brothers. I'll say this. What I think could happen with uh, joking. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Right, now it's out of my system. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Luck retired early because he was injured and he was tired of rehabbing. I could see Jokic not playing out. He's got five years left on his contract. Just leave because he's done. Yeah. And he's got enough money for life. Yeah. Like, here's, here's some other guys who just walked away. Calvin Johnson was like 29 yeah. or 30. Barry. Yeah. Barry. Yeah, guys that are in their prime and just like, I've done it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, MJ the, the first time. Did, did you hear, <laughs> did you hear the stuff about, uh, Joel, uh, Embiid and Doc Rivers today? Uh-oh. Um, so just, like just tying this together, right? So Embiid won MVP and we've talked about how Jokic probably should have, and we get it, the recency bias and all that. So I can't remember what podcast he went on, but Doc Rivers, I, I and I'm going to take him out of context here, but the way he said it, he, he was, you know, Joel's a great player, but, he breaks down and we get to the playoffs. He's not always healthy. And then he also started saying like, you know, like he's, he's got all the tools. He can be great, you know, but you know, sometimes you got to be a leader on and off the court. And so to me, what I heard is Doc Rivers just said that his star is the reason why he uh, couldn't get over in, in Philly. And I mean, what about every other Right. Tommy getting close. So but, here's the thing. In Philly, you could say that. You got two knuckleheads, him and Harden. How about when you had Chris Paul who wants – he's addicted to the finals after he made it to the one. I know, but uh, I just found it amusing that, oh, boy, just left. And he's now like, with those shade. Yeah, like that's, that's going to hurt him when it comes to getting another job. Here's the thing. He didn't say anything that was wrong, but he's out of the picture now, right. and there's no ownership on himself. Right. I mean, but he, everything he said about Embiid is not wrong. So maybe, it, maybe you're not good enough of a coach to get him to be those I things. think it's a combination. Right. So I have a question for you guys because on that same note, we all want our guys to live and die and all that sort of stuff. James Harden <laughs> is likely going back to Houston. Mr. Brown's been on this for before the season ended. He's fine with making millions, playing on it. Man, maybe make playoffs. Maybe we don't. I'll light up the strip clubs. He don't care about the rest. He of don't it. care about winning. He just are wants you the okay money with the guy the who stats. just straight up says, "I'm gonna score the ball. I'm gonna make millions. I don't care about winning." That, that I'm was win. the um, the other thing that Doc had said about Joel was he cared about the MVP. And once he got that, kind of shut her down or turned yeah. it down a notch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me though, I mean, I don't really give a shit what Harden does personally as a fan. It's he's not, irrelevant. He is irrelevant, irrelevant to me because at the end of the day. I know the team he's playing for is probably not going to win, even if they're looking good on paper. And now that he's going back to Houston and the Rockets want to pay millions of dollars and it's a match for both of them, who freaking cares? It's just – Let them have each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's your legacy. Congratulations. <laughs> <sighs> so, I'm surprised how much NBA we ended up talking over the last two months. Like, the playoffs really did peak our I interest. enjoyed them. I thought they were good. They – 
it's a completely different style of basketball. Because amazingly, even with all these rest games and the, the schedule changes, less back-to-backs, they've saved themselves enough energy to play defense. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. I, I so did. the biggest thing that came out of the playoffs in the last two weeks was not a Nuggets title. It's the fact that Austin Reeves is on our girl, Miss T-Swizzle. <laughs> He is. Hey, hold on real quick. You too. know he ain't staying in L.A. now. He's going to go take the big money. And you got to do it for as long as you can. Yeah. So who's the dude that played for the Nuggets that came from Kansas? Braun? Is that his name? Christian Braun? Yeah. So he won, he's won a title four years in a row. He had one year at Kansas or two, whatever. Really? He won in college, he won in the NBA, and he won like two in high school. That's a that's a hell of a run. Four straight championships. That's a Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence run. Exactly. He did it in the NBA. That's impressive. Yeah. So that's all he does. He's, he's our the next generation Robert Ory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, the other NBA related thing, because uh, it just it's a story that just keeps giving more. Um, Conor McGregor and the mascot, and then now he's got rape allegations. During did you see that from the mascot? Well, <laughs> sometimes they pretend. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, because I saw the video. I'm not questioning it. <laughs> Whenever you see that many people gather around with towels, something bad's about to happen. I'm telling you, after that was all show for the mascot, yeah. he really wasn't hurt. He jumped right up after the cameras went off and he whispered in Connor's ear, can we do that again later? Yeah, well. And then someone did an Aaron Andrews incident and saw through the people. Oh, I know. And there's the allegation. Now he's got a rape uh, charge. I told you. Or, uh, allegation. This time he took it too far at the mascot. But uh, that's, uh, and then we were talking, you were doing the autograph giveaway on baseball. Trevor Bauer back in the news again with the same thing. Uh, I haven't read it yet. Like whenever, uh, I don't know what the details are or anything like that, but it's just another allegation that he was, no, I did read some details. Was choking her with her hair and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's just like you if know, it happens it makes once. Me think of, have you seen the Bill Burr stand up where he talks about this? Yes. And if you read it in a court report, and we're no, 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 this, I don't want to do that. Here's and the problem. She pro- just wants you to feel that. Here's way. the problem. A bitch will send you five memes. It'll be like, choke me, daddy, with my hair, with your hands. And then I'll be like, all right, I can do that. And then it'll be like, you better, and you better bring it. Then you get there, and it's like, Ow. I didn't want that. <laughs> Not both hands. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. That's how it happens. Hey, and we're not saying, like, look, he could be completely guilty. So could Bauer and McGregor. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, is what pound test is she using? Because they're, they're, reeling, they're reeling him in slowly. It's sad for me to say this as a father of a daughter, because you always want to believe your daughter, your women in your life. When star athletes have these accusations – I always wait until it goes to court and it's proven guilty or innocent because he had a one-night stand and all of a sudden now I'm rich. And not only but taking devil's advocate, though, here's the thing, and going the other direction, these guys think they're invincible and that they can get away with anything. So who's to say he isn't going crossing the line because I'm Trevor Bauer, like Ozuna. I'm Ozuna for the Braves. I'm going to continue driving drunk down the road. (laughs) I mean, like, that's their mentality is like, I'm bigger than God here. You're a superstar. You've been told that you are bigger than God. same rules don't apply to me, Biggie. Yep. I mean, that's it could go both ways. So, like like you said, let's see what comes of it. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, you made me think of Jeff Hardy. 
He's got like nine DUIs. You guys go kill somebody. How are you not going to get an Uber? I don't know. I'm going to call him Jake Hardy. Jake Hardy. <laughs> uh, the, uh, all right, I don't want to talk about anything else with the NBA, but MMA, my, my girl retired. Amanda Man, Nunes. Goes out on top. Dude, I'm, she she's in a Modelo commercial, too. She is. We're going to talk about Modelo. Yeah. That's my bridge right there. Uh, the... But Amanda Nunez, um, I'm, I'm in this corner. Can somebody grab me a refill, or Joe Boo? Yeah, I can do that because I got to pee. But why we're doing that, Chadwick? Who is your greatest female fighter of all time? Is it? It, it is Amanda Nunez. Okay. And like, I mean, honestly, as she's retiring, I'm not a big diehard UFC fan, but it's like her and John Jones are the best two people to watch. So I remember when it was still the very end of Ronda Rousey's run. And then they matched up. She ended that run. She ended the run, and she was like, "It's over. Go to WWE because it's my turn now." Dude, she was Dude, just she trying had to fall, a- and she couldn't even fall. She just kept bouncing off the fence. She had Ronda Rousey on some talk show. Maybe it was Ellen DeGeneres talking about she didn't feel worthy of living after she kicked her ass. I, she, I mean, she did kick her ass pretty bad, but that's what she did, and she got so good. That she would beat somebody's ass, and then they would thank her after the fight just for the opportunity. Like she was so dominant that she had to start doing it in multiple weight classes. But the thing was, every time I watched her fight, damn, it was entertaining. Like she was so aggressive and threw punches, but she could tap you out. She had a good ground game, and she just she threw everything. Seemed like it came from above. Like she threw overhand. Superman punch. Right, like it, only she never <laughs> left her feet. And I was like, how is she doing that? It's like she, she would go low and, ah. Uh, but, uh, I'm going to strange. I'm going to miss it. Uh, that was like the only, only, uh, woman fighter I really watched because she was so damn good. I haven't really got into any female fighters. I've seen a few of her fights. And then obviously with the hype around Rousey, I'd watch a few. But other than that, I mean, Hold on. Did Nunez uh, lose any in her career? Hmm. She lost her match or uh, fight before this. She was supposed to do a rematch. Okay, but that's the one loss. Ah, uh, no, she lost some earlier. Okay. But she but she's been on such a run. Right. Like once she figured it out, and the light bulb went off, and so the one that she lost most recently, it almost felt like a a, a blip or a glitch. Like just made a mistake and then got caught, and she ended up tapping um, because she was she was dominating a lot of that fight, but. Uh, you know, it's um, UFC, man. Like, you get these small windows to be good. That's it. Yeah. Like, you, you might win five, six fights in a row, and that's all you get. You know, that's your, your peak. Isn't it insane? And I guess because it was, like, beginning, back when it started, the, like, the, the Chuck Liddells and all that other group were, like, for so long. But I guess it's because the, the divisions weren't as uh, – they, don't have, they didn't have as many as good fighters, so they was able right. to stay on top longer. Well, there wasn't as much depth. Where where MMA has been built up so much more, there's so much more money in it now right. that more people are in it. So yeah, just yeah. funny because back then you could go a decade, and then now you're right. It's it's like NFL running back. It would be like Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, and then Rampage is in right. there, and like those three would just dance forever. But it is. I mean, I think that and NFL running backs is pretty much the same window. Yeah. And, on that note, the fact that John Bones Jones has been the baddest motherfucker in the ring when he's in the ring for a decade says something. He's, yeah. That's why he's considered the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. Like, and he's still fighting. And th- th- that's what gets me because even Conor McGregor, he had like a three year window where he was dominant. 
And the rest of it's living off a of reputation. We talk about him now because he gets out there. Well, he's a mouthpiece. It's not because of his fighting. When's the last time he was relevant? You know, well, he, he's a he took yeah, a page yeah. out of professional wrestling for sure. You know, he he broadcast that did the Mayweather Sony. thing. And, yeah, yeah. But the thing the thing I got Connor over was man when he was fighting Jose Aldo and he knocked him out in like six seconds. You know, and they, they talk so much crap, and he goes, I'm going to end it quick, you know, and he, and he does just that. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Master marketer. Yes. And that's what it comes down to. Oh, speaking of, I didn't put this in the notes of things to talk about, but I watched the um, the Jordan movie uh, about the shoes. Oh, Eric, I have not watched it yet, so don't give me too much. I mean, it's a historical uh, story, so you might know some of it already, but... Uh, pleasantly surprised. I was really good. Um, it's really Matt Damon as the guy that's trying to get Jordan the contract with Nike, and they go through the process, and he's dealing with the agent, and they're talking about how like Adidas and Converse is on top of the world, and Nike's this little company. It's just, um, I mean, it's solid, and he, how he has to deal with like the parents. Yeah, and it's really just moms, you know. But uh, I don't know, man. It was it just made you feel that era in time like early 80s these dudes are over in Oregon and they got a shoe company that's been grown doing running shoes and they're getting ready to end their basketball shoe line completely before this happens yeah wow they're going yeah. to they're going to shut it down and so their budget they get is $250,000 and they're going through the draft and they're trying to pick out players they want to spend it on and like they're like we can't get Sam Bowie, he's going to go to this person. You can't get Jordan. He's already said he's getting Adidas. Like, they're going through everybody. So, like, they're naming names I don't even know. Like, whoever the 16th round pick or person picked in the draft in the 80s. So, then I guess it shows how they switched Jordan to Nike, and that's part of the story. Right. Well, they were going to try to get, like, three or four players, and Matt Damon's character is like, no, take the whole budget, and let's just get him. Nice. And they're like, that's stupid. That That's – for a rookie, we're not doing that. I mean, but you're getting it's all in, right? And then they start negotiating like the contract. You got to know at that point that that decision's your job, clearly. Yeah. Oh, and he said that, like, but uh, Ben Affleck uh, plays Phil Knight. Oh, I seen him in that. I just didn't know who he played. Yeah, he's my yeah. favorite part of the uh, previews for that is when Matt Damon goes and they're talking, and he, oh, what are you going to call the shoe? The Air Jordan, and Affleck. Mm. I guess it maybe it'll grow on me. <laughs> that was pretty much his response, wasn't that? Uh, I've seen the trailer. Yeah, Chris I mean, Tucker in there. We gotta get more players. Yeah, Chris Tucker is one of the guys, but they're all real so, people, and like it's their story, and they're some of them are still alive, and like it just. I, it's I, I saw the behind the scenes on it, and they were talking about the Jordan part of it, and he's not actually in the film, and he's never shown. It's like behind, and they're like, dude. If you were actually in the film, it overshadows everything else. Yeah. And this is young you, and you're old. So Jordan's one request when they talked to him about the film was who played his mother. And that's who the, the star was, really. Yeah. Like, it was that's who was the decision maker. Like, I feel like all that was probably really accurate, too. No, even before this movie, like, in the Jordan 30 for 30, when they're talking about, and they got his mom and dad, and... She's one in that 30 for 30 who says, no, you're going to go out and meet with them. Because he wanted to be an Adidas guy. He didn't care. So you want to know why they went to meet with him? Is because the guy 
from Nike, Matt Damon's character, went to their house. Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah. Now, Sonny Vaccaro probably has more of an impact on the history of basketball than the average fan will ever realize. I didn't, so th- I didn't realize that. And he was like, the guy getting the coaches deals in the eighties, Raleigh yes. Massimino. Uh, well, and then, all right, so spoiler, I don't care. You already probably know this. I know but, most of the details. So it's the first shoe contract that they gave the player a commission. Yep. Like they got it off of what they so, sold. Do you know these numbers off the top of your head? So I, I know they, they wanted to do like two million. If we can do two million, we'll make our money, we'll break even. And I think they did 127 million. I'll look it up. Here. Like it was stupid. And the, what they did was they broke rules on the shoe. It wasn't supposed to be anything, it had to be so much white on it. And they said, nah, we'll make it red and we'll pay the fine. So they gave him an illegal shoe. Like, so they walked out of there felt like this is the most custom, you know, they really took care of me as an individual here. And then no player in history ever got a cut of the profits. And they're like on the phone. It's like, that's not how this works. We can't do this. It would ruin everything for everybody. That's just not how this works. And then they're like, screw it. We'll do it. And they gave him like a 3% or whatever off of Like, how much are we really going to sell? Right. So I mean, they, they do a hundred times more. You got the numbers? Fact, well, fact I, check. I'm scrolling, but what they did was they gave Jordan a deal where they wanted to sell two and a half million dollars worth of his shoes in the first three years. And the first year alone as a rookie, they sold over four million. Four million pairs? Four million dollars worth. I feel like it was more than that. Now I'm going to look it up. You don't believe you, Biggie. Yeah. Look. His first contract was a $2.5 million deal with Nike in 1980. But it says the shoe sold $126 million in the first year alone. Yes. That's what I was saying earlier. Okay. Just making sure. Got to get the numbers right. Um, Speaking of... uh, Yeah, and they were wanting $3 million in three years total. So it literally changed the game. Absolutely. You ever seen The Letterman? Where he's on there? Because the um, original Schumann, the NBA always had the deal. It had to be at least 51% white. And it's in the movie, too. Oh, I have seen that. What if we just pay the fine and give us that? He is on Letterman talking about it. Oh, yeah. you, can't, you can't buy that publicity. They didn't even talk about that in the uh, movie, but I forgot all about that. They That's didn't... a real good one because Letterman gives him the... They're talking about the shoe and being fine. And Jordan's like, well, because the NBA has a rule, it's got to be at least 51% white. And Letterman goes... <laughs> Why would it be at least half white? None of the rest of the NBA is. That's a good joke. That was a good joke. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> it still is. Jay laughed. Uh, uh, but imagine how far like they, they were that specific about the shoe. Like, it's got to have that much white. Like, it'll yeah. be clean. Um, so we, we're talking about the Jordan shoe, the marketing and the advertising and everything. We started to get into this conversation a little bit today. But there was news in the beer industry that there is a new top dog in the United States as far as percent of sales. And Biggie is partaking in it. Are you celebrating the victory because you're a Modelo fan? Well, (laughs) victory is when you're a champion. They just, they come. Uh, Modelo is a damn good beer. It's always been a damn good beer. I don't have anything against Bud Light, but Modelo is a much better beer. So uh, the Bud Light fallout continues. And, Bud Light uh, has always been trash before they, uh, they, they endorsed were on, transgenders. They were on life support. My favorite thing I've <laughs> like seen it's lately just bad quality. It is. is how 
Bud Light's an American beer and Americans are boycotting, so now a beer from another country is the favorite beer. Actually, Bud Light and Anheuser Bush have not been American for like 10 years. Did you know that? I didn't. They're owned by a Dutch company. Belgium. Well, isn't that the Dutch? Dutch. Don't confuse me. <laughs> Don't do a Seinfeld on me. What are the Dutch? <laughs> They're from Holland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like gold. Schmeltzing. <laughs> hey, but back, back to the Bud Light. Like, it don't surprise me that Bud Light's not number one, but I was shocked that it was a Modelo that took the spot because I just assumed it would be like a Miller Lite, even a Coors Light before Modelo. I, yeah. I didn't realize Modelo was number two. I didn't you know? either. Like, to me, like, Yingling is a good lager. But they're uh, so regional. You know, it is. But Yingling is, like, in North Dakota, you can't touch a Yingling. I would have thought even Bush, Bush Light would have passed, uh, been ahead of Modelo, to be honest. Uh, those are lattes, Bush lattes. See, they got their own lingo. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would have never imagined Modelo would have been in the top I bet, I, I would guess. So, have you ever seen Modelo's um, advertising? Oh, yeah, it's great. They've it's got solid. the best. They are they the play best ecstasy beer going on there. And they, they've had they, Damon Lillard on there. Yeah. Damon Lillard, we talked about Nunez. Yeah. Uh, she's on yeah. there, and then they'll they have had, like uh, some guy that just t- tattoos really good or something. Like it's yes. a cultural thing. But so it's a it's a Mexican beer. Their commercials feel like they're really for anybody, but they do have a little Hispanic tone to them. It feels like I bet this beer in like Texas and California is just insane. No, I agree. Like it's probably, it's probably, like, probably even uh, Florida. Yeah, wow. very regional through there. Like, cause Corona, I don't know if they ever recovered from people. Remember how dumb people were? They thought you would. You know, I can't drink Corona. Exactly. I might catch Corona. Yeah, it's so bad. Like how? There's real life people thought that. Then let's just end them. The limited Darwinism. The limited time I spent in Arizona, Modelo was everywhere. Like you go and you order a Bud Light, and everybody has it. Modelo was it was on tap like that's crazy. Was, I mean, you, you didn't mention Arizona, but that's a huge one yeah. I mean, right there. All those border states. We're just in our bubble here in West Virginia. Hasn't made it that far. God, we're so stereotyping right now. Only those states like this beer. Well, I mean, we talk. It's not just that. Like Yingling's a Pennsylvania beer, so like people out west don't know what that is. I mean, a dude up in Michigan on the dock is he when he's catching his walleye? Is he drinking Modelo? <laughs> he might be drinking Labatt's Blue or Molson. You never know. So if you're in Pittsburgh, you could drink a Modelo and you put fries on your sandwich. Steel City. If you're in uh, Chandler, Pittsburgh, you're drinking Steel City. You drink a Modelo and you eat a burrito. <laughs> what do you do if you're in Florida? Gator bites and uh, oh, Cuban booty. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <a> beer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, dude. You know the Reds are having a um, craft beer festival Saturday. You gotta go to Taft Brewing, the fat, fattest president ever. It, it is. It's good. Could have to have a custom bathtub. Yeah, that's a good brewery there at the stadium. It is. But uh, I guess they're shutting down the main drag there, okay. and doing all the doing like a beer fest. Right. Just go to Mexico for a week. That'd be fun. I'll go. Let's go next week. You I'm not me. going anywhere in Mexico with you, Chad. Why? Because I don't want to lose 100 pounds. You know what type, of, you know what type of beer <laughs> was most common when I was there? What? It was Tecate. Yeah. You ever drink that? I have once. You probably don't remember it. No. 
after I'll several margaritas. Trip, but here's the thing: when you leave the resort, I'm not because I know where I'll end up. Dude, that, that's the funnest. Nah, I ain't doing it either. I'm staying on the resort. You know what it's like to be in the middle of a large Mexican city and see got, cops with automatic. Do you know weapons? how many scary movies start that way? All of them. Exactly. Like, you know how many pornos start that way? Yeah. Let's be real. Your ratio <laughs> is clearly overwhelming. Come on. Oh well. Starting a porno, they jump in with a chainsaw, cut your dick off. <laughs> You, you could have both. You're right. It, we, it could be both. Right? Why do we got to go there? Isn't that, it's like one of those uh, Club Dread movies. You remember that? It's like, Chad's like, yes, it's, I, I picked right. It's porno. No, wait. Ah, ah, it's horror. <laughs> that would be Thailand. It was horror. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Bangkok. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, um, what happened to Chad? Bangkok got him. <laughs> Tag, tagged, and he was done. I can't go there ever. Be I, you know, Seriously, though, Mexico would be a lot of fun. I've never been. The people I've talked to, other than you, who just enjoyed the resort Let's for go. a week, have loved it. Buy, buy the tickets. We'll leave Monday. Let's go to Jamaica, man. Well, I'll go there, too. All right, fine, then. All this money. Hey, while you're at it, throwing out money, let's go to Fiji. Yes. So, yes. It's only $21,000 a person. How about the A's? There, there's the three of us here, but Sri when Lanka. we do, like, a guy's trip for football, we always have Drew. Do I buy four tickets? Did we just tell Drew, by the way, you're no. going to Mexico? We hey, 88 k for Fiji for all four of us, including Drew. Mm. Mm. All right. Let's go. <laughs> People are gonna think this podcast got real popular. Yeah, yeah, it did. We talking about Our ratings were up fifty percent. Yeah, sometimes they are. It is last uh, last week. Um, let's see. I got some other notes or stuff. All right, I'll, we we really shit on the A's big time last week. Were we premature? No, they, no. they turned it around. No. They're no longer the they worst team in six baseball. Six straight, seven straight. Orioles are the worst team in the league now. Did you say Orioles? That's what I thought he said. No, I say, did it again. say it clearly for the crowd. Royals. <laughs> that was clear. Yeah. Royals. Oh. It's the Oriole Royals. <laughs> All right, so listen. The A's are one of the – they're going to be on the bottom two. Did we, were we premature? No, they're still trash. It's just the, the Orioles. One reverse boycott does not erase the rest. <laughs> but – when the Braves lost two out of three to the A's, I was like, holy hell. I feel you a little better. You were losing your mind. I remember that. I feel a little better. Because they were on pace for like 35 wins. The Mariners are 500 team this year. Their longest win streaks four games. The A's are currently out of six games. See, I'm going to tell you this story. And that's why I took Biggie out the road to get some uh, liquor the other day. We're talking about how the division, the schedule is so much better now because it's not it's focused on the division. So then you have both centrals are dog shit. And then the East and the West are the strong divisions. And I was like, well, there's about three good teams in both Western divisions. Do you agree? And we're like, yeah, we start naming NL. And then he starts naming the AOS. It was hilarious. Because he's like, yeah, you got the Rangers and the Astros are there. And then, you know, the Angels are doing better. I'm like, Biggie, are the Angels better than the Mariners? He's like, yeah. They are. And I'm like, I stand by it. There's only three. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, we got the A's. We will not finish last. I seen it in Atlanta, damn it. You're four. Fourth. <laughs> but with the Sunday just because Schuster was pitching, he throws a game of his life. I thought we were taking this series. Whole drive home, I was be like, how about that? What what happened? Imagine being not first, but fourth in your own division. What's and wrong? Only team saving you is the ace. What's wrong with the Mariners? It's disappointing. What's wrong with them? No consistent. We have good players, but they don't play good at the same time. Robbie Ray, that hurts, right? Yeah, big time hurt. Mm. 
And then offensively, here's the thing that kills us. We've got some guys who put up some pretty decent numbers. We four of the top five guys in the American League and strikeouts are Mariners. You got Kalenic, J. Rod, Suarez, Teoscar. The only guy in there that's not a Mariner is Volpe for the Yankees. And he got sent down. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. We'll, we'll put runners on base. We just don't drive them in. We talked about this on the way back from Atlanta, that baseball is a funny game. Last year, Julio comes on the scene. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Killing it. Yep. And then Kalenic gets sent down because he's trash. Now Kalenic's destroying bombs on top of the world. And the AL Rookie of the Year, who they just locked up for how many million? 300 plus? Years, like 300 million. Sophomore slumpish. So it's like the game humbles you so fast. Yeah. Same thing with Michael Harris. He's, he's just finally starting to hit. Yeah. It's amazing what a year can do. A, I remember Hayward. And, and that's what makes it. <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes. You never know if it's going to be but like It's amazing that the game adjusts so fast that within a year, are you a fluke or are you a Hall of Famer? How much of that is just good scouting? Like figuring people I, out. I, well, it I, is. like with Julio, it is because they like to bust him down and in, and he has not gotten past how to hit that or lay off of it. He gets into double plays because mentally he's he's too young so to he's say. He's still trying to pull it. Yeah, how instead he of going to right field. Yeah. So when when I look at it, because he's talented, he will figure it out. I want to go back to the world. I want to look at a guy like Tony Gwynn or uh, think of some other 300, 330 hitters that. Hit that way their entire career. Look at yeah, a but, George Brett. Yeah, but look at a Chipper Jones. Brett, Brett and Chipper is the exceptions because they have the average and the power, and that's what they want from um, Julio. And I get it. That's why those guys but, are the best of the best in their Hall of Famers. But it just amazes me, like how quickly a guy can can go from being a, a three hundred hitter or a thirty home run guy. The guys to, that were consistent for twenty years. Yes, it makes you like wow. Because your body changes, your mind changes as you grow. You know the scouting reports out there. You know how they're trying to pitch you. You see how they're trying to pitch you, and you adjust. And, I, and to me, that's what makes baseball the greatest game. Because Julio has an amazing amount of talent. Right now, he ain't getting He's the middle part middle. of it. Middle. And that's why Kalenic this year has finally showed his potential. He finally got over that middle hump. He changed his batting uh, stance, changed his approach, changed his bat, chokes up some now. Likes to go the other way. Now, he strikes out a lot, but... I mean, it's a shame Yogi's still not alive. He could have gave uh, Julio a few Yogiisms, and he'd have got his head right. I can read a book of Yogiisms. Yeah. If you get to uh, Fork in the Road. Take it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Would you have a favorite one? Well, that was it. No, my favorite one is... Wow. Look, something about Little League is a great thing because it keeps the uh, parents, parents off, off the streets. streets. Yeah. That's good. That's real, though. It is. I always like uh, it gets uh, it gets late early out there. Tell <laughs> I like is uh, nobody goes down there anymore. It's too crowded. What is the one about the ninety uh, percent of the game is mental and the other half is physical? Yes, yeah, that's Yogi is a math. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, last thing about baseball I want to say is my Reds are a game and a half out of uh, first place. Chad, we had this discussion off air about you know their potential and whatnot last week. Are you not looking at how bad that division is and you can be in the playoffs this year? I think the reason why Votto is not playing is because they know they have better players right now. Coming up. This aren't even playing. Like, just ride these guys until you can't. But yeah. yeah, Cruz, McLean, Lodello. I ran into a guy the other day who I actually ended up graduating with. Uh, 
Oh my God, I'm drawing a complete blank. Why your daughter thinking? and my daughter are friends. We got a cat from him. He's a Reds fan. The reason <laughs> I bring this up, the first time I met him. <laughs> Poor pussy. Wow. Pussy every one of Isaac's ex-girlfriends <laughs> becomes one of I, Haley's best friends. It's really weird. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> what a dynamic. Anyway, we went out there to meet the cat and he comes over. And the first time I met him, we start talking. We talk baseball and he's a Reds fan. And me and him talk Reds baseball for about a good 15 minutes. I have 12 to 15 minutes, and he's a psyched-up Reds fan. Right. Lodello, De La Cruz, McLean. Like, you feel like they've collected this talent and have a plan. It's just exciting. Uh, the, McLean's been really good. Uh, De La Cruz brings energy. He, you know what? He he has that flair like an Acuna or a yeah, Tatis. He he's a type like that. that can set the tone early. Yeah, but he's – man, how tall is too tall for a shortstop? I don't think there is. I mean, Cal is 6'5", right? That's what De La Cruz is. I think he's fine. He's more athletic than Cal. I want to give you this tidbit in Red's history because it just happened to pop up on my phone randomly. Good, because I got some history for you. On this day in 1977, the Met dealt Tom Seaver to the Reds. He would go on to win 122 more games and strike out 1,200 more batters before retiring in 1986. Isn't this perfect game with the Reds? It is. So, terrific Tom on this day from the Mets to the Reds. Tom Terrific. Yeah. What did I say? Terrific, terrific Tom. Tom. Terrific Tom. Because Tom Brady tried to do Tom Terrific. Yeah. yeah. 122 games of the Reds seems like a lot for me. Because I only think of him as a Met. Right. And then, he was on the White Sox, but back too, then, for people played forever. It's true. You know? um, the uh, thing we were talking about earlier, you always try to come up with these trivia questions and things when you do the autograph giveaway. Uh, we were talking about the documentary on um, Netflix. What was it called? Fastball? Oh, that was the one, and we're not talking about the Nolan Ryan one. The fastball one, yeah. Right. Talking about fastballs and the history of the game. Starting with uh, Walter Johnson. So we got into the conversation about, like, Babe Ruth. Like, how would he do against faster pitchers? And the question was, well, I wonder how he did against Walter Johnson. Yeah, because in that documentary, it was determined that he's through about between 90 to 94, which doesn't sound like a lot today, but I would say no one else probably even through 90. At that time. So I'm going to tell you what their comparison stats are or what it, what it is when they go against each other. All right, let's hear it. And then I'll let you know what the regular is, and then you tell me who you feel like got the better of the other. All right, okay. go ahead. So when we uh, start off on Babe against Walter Johnson, it's 107 at-bats. He hit 280, eight doubles, two triples, seven home runs. Walked 19 times, on-base percentage of 389. Struck out 25 times. I mean, that's not bad. His normal lifetime statistics. 340. 342. Damn, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, His uh, home run ratio was one at every 11.7 at bats against Walter Johnson. It was one every 15. Uh, He struck out one out of every six at bats against Big Train. He struck out every four at bats. So, the flip side, Walter Johnson held his opponents to 222 batting average. So, 60 points lower. Uh, he surrendered a total of uh, 97 home runs for his for just ever. He only gave up 97 home runs. For his career. Yeah. <laughs> and we said Babe had what? Seven. Uh, yeah. So, he's got a tenth of his home runs almost. How many games did Walter Johnson win? Uh, I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know. I don't know if I have that. He was over three hundred, right? It had to be. Was five eleven. So he. Uh, oh wow! So he only gave up a home run once every two hundred and twenty-seven bats at bats. 
And you know we, how we talk about what superpower would you have? And I said I'd like to teleport. <laughs> I would go back to the early 1900s. With a radar gun? <laughs> well, no. I would be the next. It wouldn't be Cy Young. It'd be Josh Wright. <laughs> I'd have 612 wins. By the way, Walter Johnson had 417 wins. I, was, see, and, I said more than 300. And his war was 165. <laughs> God bless. Was, what was ERA, career war? ERA 217. What's Babe's, Babe's war? war? It's got to be north of 180. 182. I mean, that's close. These are, imagine that. These icons played against each other. And um, I, so, real quick, I got one other tidbit. Uh, but before, just who do you think got the better of the other? They both kind of dropped when they had to face each other. But would you say Babe got the better of the matchup or Walter got the better? If I hit 280 off of you, I got the better of you. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't say he didn't, but like his average dropped eighty points versus Walter versus the league, and then Walter's uh, hit hit against Rose sixty points yeah. versus the Bay. But uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, it shows he can handle the best of the best. And like today, you would obviously adapt. Like if if you're saying that you've been hitting two eighty off Verlander for the last twelve years, you'll take that. Yeah, that's yeah. better in your cap. So I mean to me I think Babe shows that he can handle his own. I think it's the the home run that, yeah. that puts it over the top. Well, he's the tenth. Yeah, like the fact that he's got I mean, so many you of your think own that runs. time he was hitting more than teams by himself. I know. But still and then the ratio, the fact that Walter Johnson would go two hundred and thirty times between batters before he'd give up a home run, but against Babe Ruth it was sixteen. Yep. So that's that's why oh, I would give the slight edge to him. But they did a uh, late in their career or after they were retired, late in their lives, they did a charity thing where Walter Johnson was throwing pitches to him, and there was like sixty eight thousand people showed up and watched that exhibition. Really, watch him take some BP. Yeah, Babe was older and he hit one out, like he hit two out, I think. Let, so. let me give you. I want to just give you this perspective for Walter Johnson's nineteen thirteen season at age twenty five. He was 36 and 7. Winning percentage was 83%. His ERA was 114. 29 complete games, 11 shutouts, and he pitched 346 innings. Holy God. That's three seasons for guys now. And it's not more he gave up the league lead nine home runs that year. Because <laughs> he supplied the power. I mean, he's the only one there, and he's throwing it hard enough to sit it the other he way. He threw 350 innings. Yeah. 36 and 7. That's like half of DeGrom's career. <laughs> His one season, yeah, was about half of DeGrom's career. Mm. He's dying, isn't he? I think so. That sucks. It does. It sucks so for good. baseball. Yeah, he was so good. Because he was dealing before he got hurt again. Every time he gets on the field, even if it's limited, like 10 starts a year, he's dominating. It's electric. What sucks is that I felt like DeGrom could be this era's Pedro. I mean, yeah. Like um, that three-year, four-year streak where he just – Oh, yeah. Because he, he would have taken – that three-, four-year streak of Pedro ranks up there with any pitcher in the history of the game. Like, yeah. you're start talking about those three, four years of Pedro, you're putting him with uh, a Bob Gibson. Yeah, Pedro's peak is – I mean, you are. Yeah. Like, because sometimes, like, if you remember, like, Pedro – like, when they won the World Series and they were later in his career and stuff like that, and, and everybody's like, oh, he's surefire Hall of Famer. And that's what you're seeing – that's what you remember, but like yeah. if you do really remember that peak, like he was, he was sick. Like just, I mean, and that's what Degrom was. Like we had games. I don't know, if it was last year, year before, and like fifteen strikeouts and 
give up two hits. For a pitcher, so, I think like three of the most dominant pitchers with those types of streaks is Pedro. We got Bob Gibson and then the Randy Johnson three years, even yeah. later in his career, was like some some three or four air, years together where it was like, wow. Mind-numbingly good for uh, the big unit. Here's what I've said, and I will die on this hill because they changed the mountain height, Bob Gibson, all that. I know he was lights out. Pedro's stretch from like 99 to 01 when it was the steroid, unchecked steroid era, to me that's the greatest three to four year stretch of pitching in the history of baseball. Yeah, everybody, you can make that argument. Well, yeah, because of who he's hitting against. Exactly. All the, all the juicers, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, look at how much better he is, his ERA, than the next best pitcher in all of baseball. He's a run batter. Like, he was so dominant in an era where every hitter was – Amplified. So to bring it, let's bring it back to the big unit real quick. So based on that Ryan Express documentary, they're interviewing the big unit on there. He's like, you know, I'm, a, I'm almost a foot taller than Nolan. He says, but there's not a guy that wants to be in the batter's box and can say, man, I'm second in career strikeouts. And guess what? I'm a thousand behind that man. Mm-hmm. And as, as badass as Randy Johnson was, and I know Nolan played for freaking 40 years, whatever, but Randy Johnson was getting his strikeouts, man. Like it's crazy. My favorite Randy Johnson memory ever is also one of my favorite West Virginia memories because it's the All-Star game with John Crook in the uh, box. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> where are we going? And he turned his hat, helmet around backwards. And he <laughs> well, was, he's like diving out yeah. of the box because yeah. one pitch came in. Oh, high and tight, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta stay safe, you know. I yeah. just – I am a huge Nolan fan. I always have well, been, Paul, and I get he's it. He's Paul Bunyan. You look at the numbers, and he couldn't be consistently. But, like – to me, if I could pick any pitcher in the history of baseball to be on their A game, why am I not taking that? If he's not right? wild that day, but here's the part. Here's no, he's on his note. I know, it's but the like, best he can pitch. Him being wild was was part of what made him successful. Yeah, but so think about this. He, was, oh yeah, so he his biggest um, person growing up his idol was Sandy Koufax. Okay. People want to talk shit about Nolan, but he he woke up, he went in the big leagues, did his thing, he broke Sandy Koufax's all-time season strikeouts of 383, and then he also broke Sandy Koufax's record of career no-hitters. Sandy had a record of four, and Nolan took it to seven. So if nothing else, that's your that's your like idol, and you broke his two biggest records. Yeah, I mean, it, Nolan, I'll take that career. Hell yeah. So. Nolan Ryan threw how many no-hitters? Seven. Seven. Okay, do you know how many one-hitters he threw? Uh, 18 a, or so. Yeah, 19. If, if you take his one and two hitters, it was 19. He threw five one-hitters. So if you take that one hit out, that's 12 no-hitters. Two hitters, he's at 19. Now, well, just, just and, think. And two or three of them were after age 40. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, look at it like this. Good. You think seven's amazing. Of those it other 12, give him a third. Let, let's say he's got 11 no-hitters. You're telling me that uh, at his prime, in his peak, and the best he could ever throw. Is that a stat we can look up, like who has the most one-hit games? I'm sure it is. Baseball, you can look at many stats. Yeah, I, I get it. You can prefer other pitchers. I just, I've always loved Nolan. You know one of the other things I like is when uh, he was a Rangers general manager and they were in the World Series and he came out through the first pitch and he threw it like, he's old and he throws like of course 76 he, miles an hour. And he throws yeah. a strike. All right, so most one-hitters of all time, Nolan Ryan, he's got 13, it says. Okay. Number two, Bob Feller, he's got 11. 
But then it drops, and there's like a million people with six, like a Don Sutton, a Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver, Jim Palmer. <clears throat> so it's still a pretty big gap. You got kind of 1A, 1B with Ryan and Feller than everybody else. Right. So does that – I mean, here's the thing. Like, that's an impressive stat, but it's so far down the list of accomplishments that – like, we didn't know that until we just looked it up. Well, you kind of knew it, I guess. Well, it's just the thing about it that gets me is how many times do you get through five or six and the guy hasn't allowed a hit and all of a sudden he's sitting by himself in the dugout? Nobody can say it to him. Nolan Ryan did that 20-something times in his career where guys were like, oh, don't say anything, and he's just sitting over there like, bitch, some sage and go strike these guys out. Like, <laughs> I like that impression. I don't know. I just Is that your best Texan impression? Like, Noel Ryan, to me, is the guy. We've all seen this, this meme. little doggy. We've all seen this meme when somebody does something great, and they show them, and they're carrying their balls in a wheelbarrow. Yes. He Randy did. Marsh. Noel Ryan did that every day. He's just like, hey, boys. Here's the crazy part. It might hit me tonight, but I'm throwing throw 100 So, he's a Texan at heart. He got, he got drafted by the Mets. He lasted, like, three or four years in New York. He hated New York because he's not for the city. And then they're like, we're trading you. Where do we send you? All the way out to California, where it's completely the opposite, but still a big city. The only thing great about it for War- or Nolan was that he got to meet his singing cowboy from the old westerns. Really? And the dude was, I don't remember his name, the singing cowboy. And then Nolan was so happy to go to California to meet him. But after that wore off, he's like, screw this. I want to go back to Texas. He went to the Astros. And then he went to the Rangers. But Gene Autry? Yes, yes, yes. So Nolan had a uh, ranch manager because he always kept the ranch for 30-plus years. But any time it was the offseason, like the ranch manager was basically like told to get out of the damn way because I'm going to ranch my cattle. Yeah. And like no one wasn't scared to jump in there and do what the ranch manager does because he wants to feel like he's invested in his livestock. So you know who Nolan is? Like who would do that? We've all watched Yellowstone, right? Besides Kevin Costner. I haven't watched Yellowstone. He's Kevin Costner. You watch Yellowstone? No, Kevin Costner is Nolan because he's played games. For the love of the game. Yeah. Kevin Costner, between Yellowstone and the love of the game, he's the real life Nolan Ryan. He plays the real life Nolan Ryan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Think, Thank that you. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like we just opened up a portal. I don't know what just happened. Does anyone else, like, do you see where I'm going with that or am I? I'm no, that's how big of a badass is, is that Kevin Costner appeared in two movies for baseball movies. And he also appeared in Yellowstone. You put both of those characters together and you get Nolan Ryan. Yes. Has Nolan Ryan been in Yellowstone? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? When they sent Jimmy down to Texas. Exactly. his ranch. <laughs> you can't learn out a cowboy here. That's where the real cowboys are in Texas, son. Uh, so I, I guess I need to uh, just watch Yellowstone. We're just saying. He was a rancher and you a badass pitcher. It? No, I haven't watched it. Dude, you got fucking issues. I don't have issues. Sit I just, down and watch. It's load management on anything longer than a half hour. It's hard for me to commit to. Dude, it's a man's man show. Come on. I'm sure it's... Uh, I, I've only um, heard good things. It's the most streamed show uh, in the world. Did you know that? I think I it's bullshit know. that Cosner wouldn't come out for the last season. How do you leave us hanging like that? Yeah. Did he die? Did he kill his character off? No. Uh, he just, they, they get, they're finishing it this fall, but he wasn't willing to commit past that. and So they're having another episode? Or another season? Yep. Is it going to be the end of it? Yes. How many seasons has it gone? Four or five? Five. 
Okay. Is that, is that the appropriate amount? Do you think they're screwing up? I think a lot of these stream shows like that, five to six seasons is all you can get. Hmm. But, like, you can't end it now because there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah. See, for them to set up, they need to do another season. But if we look at uh, Cobra Kai, it should be over. They should do another season, right? They finished everything. You kind of felt like I felt like they're, like, reaching now for, like, new characters to come out of the works. They they need to stop now and keep it, like, up there. They've jumped the shark. Stranger Things almost needs one more season the way they left it off, right? Yep. Okay, so if you go to, uh, I'm I'm just thinking Netflix shows here. You go to Outer Banks, it should be over. I haven't even watched Outer Banks. I'll tell you, I've watched the third season of it. They're making a fourth one. They should Mm -hmm. end it after three. After three, it makes sense. Boom, it's done. That's what you gave us. But now they aren't they doing the? But they're so popular. Let's throw another. They have the Tim McGraw show that's Yellowstone, right? Isn't that? uh, That was uh, that was uh, 1883. Someone needs to hand me the remote so I can turn on the Braves game. Who they playing? The Rockies. And they had like 1917, 1923. That's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's in that. That's 1923. Right. Is that oh. also Yellowstone? Yes. What the hell? They're spinoffs. We got 1945 too. Pre- prequels. Yeah, I mean, but it's like based on the history of that ranch. Yep. Huh. I didn't realize there was two, but now but here's the thing. Say, I remember no, there's that a whole Harrison story Ford. about how it got to where it is now. They had. Uh, Tim McGraw had a cameo on the regular Yellowstone to, sh- to kind of show this series is coming. Because they flashed back to like the 1880s. Oh, it was okay. I was asking, like, is he supposed to be a descendant? And, and they were well, showing what happened with with the ranch, and it was showing him with the Indians and stuff, and that's when they... Faith Hill's in that, too. Yeah, actually. see, I've, that kind of ruins it for me. Yeah. I heard that Matthew McConaughey was going to take over for Costner if they get the series oh, yeah. going. All right, all right. Oh, no. Is he going to drive a Lincoln? <laughs> God, why are we never going to get to our five favorite movies? And that's where I feel like I'm at right now. I don't know what we're talking no, about. No, we're not doing it tonight. No, we're definitely not doing it tonight. I know we're not doing it tonight, but God dang it, we're never going to do it. The anticipation just grows by the, the week we refuse to talk about it. Exactly. They'll definitely be... Hey, our attendance is up. Listens are up. Yeah. 50%. Make them wait. Make them wait. It's the allure. So, you got you to gotta do the finish right. Who else do you listen to that takes Nolan Ryan to Kevin Costner? Exactly. Yes, one even can, lost Chad, one Canadian biggie. I was trying to figure <laughs> out if. Uh, but you guys do that life. too. Like you see a real life person, and you're like, I've seen them played in a movie, even yeah. though it wasn't meant to be the same. It was the same. No, I, I understand what you're saying. The, uh, I think the week we'll get to the movie conversation. You need help? No, I'm, I just got to reach further with uh, these little. T-Rex arms. Go, go, gadget. It's T-Rex, uh, man. What was, uh, what was I saying? He was still a predator, damn it. He was a scavenger. No, he was a predator. No. He, d- he just took what he wanted. Off of dead carcasses. No. With those arms, he wasn't taking anything. I don't care what science says. Dinosaurs will never have feathers to me. Screw That's science. the most disappointing Probably thing about watching all the Jurassic Parks and knowing real dinosaurs is the fact they were all feathered. No, they in can't the, be feathered. I've never heard they were feathered. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. I don't believe that. They're like birds. See? Screw science. They were all like birds, even the ones that didn't fly. Yeah. Like, go go Google no. like what a T-Rex is supposed to look There's like. There's never been a freaking movie with feathers. The, the last Jurassic World they made, they started to put feathers on the raptors. That's stupid. You didn't know? Well, I'll start now. Did you watch that one? No. Don't. It sucks. No, no, I think I did. It's the one where... Uh, it's like a forest fire or whatever. Yeah, I've seen it. It was okay. That's okay, though. 
more positive way than I'd put it. But well, of course, you're the well, guru. Ruth. He should have used a different camera. I love Jurassic Park. I thought that you would have that one because it had Jeff Goldblum tying in farmers or uh, agriculture companies making their seed a certain way so that it would only it eat was, certain... You would love that. Was, that's right up your alley. Monsanto was the villain of Jurassic <laughs> World all along. Like, that's so stupid. Chad would be like, here's how Chad watches the movie, though. Ah, it's a pretty good action scene, but they should have panned in 10 seconds ago. Um, I'll give it a six. No, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an example. What was I? It's true, damn it. it no, I'm trying to Laura, I feel sorry for you. I have a real recent example. I was I watching? It was like a fight scene, too. And I was just like. He's carrying his left a little low, Monty. This is so ridiculous. But I was enjoying it. But in my head, I was like, this is such bullshit. But just enjoy the ride. Shut up. But I couldn't. I just had to keep That's my point. I know. But it's. I think it's only on serious movies. I get like, if it's supposed to be dumb, then I I don't have the suspended disbelief the same way. And I'm a little better. More tolerable. I've literally messaged your wife and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure. Just don't watch movies with him. I don't want to tell you. It's a it's a it's a bastard son of a bitch. But uh, we'll probably get to the movie conversation. Uh, there is a period of the year that there is uh, there's only two days in the entire calendar. There's not any sports from the Big Four. Do you know when that is? Right now, no baseball's tonight. Oh, I thought you said no. There's two days so in the entire. All calendar. I know is for the next three months, it's only baseball. There's two days in the entire year. There's no sports from the Big Four. No idea. You have a guess, Biggie? Uh, sometime in November. Nope. It's in October. October, November. No. Yeah. NFL's going on. But it's a day of so like a Wednesday. You got NBA. All right, what are they? What are they? What are they? The only days that are free of sports is the day before and after the All-Star break. Huh? That's true. That's the only time. That's true because baseball's the only sport. Yep. Oh. Every wow. other time. Because when the NBA does it, hockey's still yeah, going. Yeah, football's yeah. going. College football might be going. I mean, it's just too much. But that was it. I saw that, and I thought that was really interesting. That's so maybe good, then, that week, maybe All-Star Weekend, we'll get to the movies. Can, can that be a loose commitment? It's always loose with us. You're damn right. Nice and loose. Uh, that's the way I like it. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the rest of my evening. We're going to start a bonfire tonight. I don't, it's not dry enough. Too, too wet. I got some brush. It's not dry. I just cut it. There's nothing more I enjoy than coming to the podcast and staring into the bowels of I those, spoiled you guys. The farm. Hey, but we got more. But, I want to uh, watch the movie air tonight. It's good. Or I want to play some NBA Jam. I'll do that too. All right. Got that dog in him. Got that dog. Don't ever forget, Rip. Got that dog. We'll see you someday. But uh, all right, let's call it a show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We should see you next week. I'm on vacation next week, too, but I'm not nice. going anywhere. Nice. So hopefully. Staycation. I'm not either, so let's hit lunch a few days. Hells yeah. You got it. That biggie. Call off work. We'll see you, too. Yeah, All right. No we'll, see, we'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah.